Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 153. Yes, we're back. And it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? We always have creative ways of bringing the podcast. And this this week, I'm in a... a You're in a rogue bunker. studio today. Rogue studio, ghetto bunker. And we got a, a special guest, too. Oh, yes. You remember him from episode number 148. It is our pal and yours, Nick. What's going on, brother? Hey, guys. Good to be back. I promised to try to keep it on the rails a little bit more this time. So, <laughs> no, it was so, many people, so many people reached out and said that was our best episode ever because things did kind of spiral out of control, <laughs> you know? It was very jazz. The things just kind of... A saxophone was here. Bringing know? that one to a close was tough. It was, uh, it was tough. <laughs> that was one of... Like two of the weirdest ones I've ever edited the next day. Cause the worst one ever was that time Mario after our buddy, um, Robert that we interviewed. And yeah. it was just like the next I woke up the next morning. I was like, I don't remember the last hour of the podcast. I don't know what the hell happened. Do you remember what you said, Brian? Like, you oh God, we got to redo it, man. Because like, I totally like forgot the end of it, but yeah, I got know. the email from you. I was like, what? <laughs> got to redo it. It, was brilliant that's the beauty of it so we're gonna see how this goes and i'm sure it's gonna be wonderful and you're all gonna enjoy it so thank you again so much for listening check us out skibumpodcast.com we're on all the socials twitter facebook instagram we're at skibumpodcast people still hitting us up for stickers on instagram that's awesome please keep doing that just uh direct message us send us your address and we'll get you some stickers if you can also go to your favorite podcast app subscribe and rate us that would really help us get into more people's brains and destroy it um we're also on pinterest highfalutins youtube we're putting some stuff out there Nick, the video I posted to send to you, a bunch of other people have checked it out and commented on it, which is kind of funny nice. because it's just like a total unedited, just us skiing in Beaver Creek video. Wow. Yeah. What's the best comment? Um, did you get the cookie? Which I don't know if that's, did we ask about getting a cookie at some point? I don't even remember, but I think <laughs> I have to, to re-listen to it and maybe we, we did, but we definitely got a cookie. That's for sure. I'm at a loss on that one too. Huh? Yeah, it was kind of weird. Is that no one comment on the powder on our little fun little you know little figure eights we were doing nothing. Huh. Is that some like new lingo that the kids are using that we just don't know what it means? Perhaps, yeah. Is that like uh, learned the code, which Weak. means like kill the miners or something? <laughs> oh, also on Instagram. So we were talking about it, Mario. You and I last week we were texting back and forth that whole Momo thing last week. Yeah, that, like, weird, creepy thing. That's like a sculpture that like they were saying was like kids were like, like one kid committed suicide because of it or they're, well, they're like posting. So somebody took that Momo and they had it cut into like kids cartoons telling kids to like hurt themselves, kill themselves, shit like that. And uh, I was talking to somebody about it that morning. And then the after, like, I think it was like a few hours later, Brian sends me the Momo. And I was like, well, yeah, because I was saying like, it looks kind of like our logo a little bit. And I was like, our logo has nothing, has no affiliation with Momo. It's not a 3d rendering of it or anything. Yeah. And then that right after we were texting, I was, we were up at Killington skiing. We were in the Ram's head lodge and there was this table of like eight, like little guys, like little, like, you know, 10 and under kids. And they were talking about it. I was like, are you, it's, it's just a thing. It was just a big, big story last week. Yeah. Well, people are cutting it into cartoons and putting it on YouTube ki for kids. And then it got pulled from there and then they were putting it back onto YouTube and it was just people just being assholes, like 
trying to tell kids to like hurt their parents and their siblings and themselves it was they were telling them to cut to cut themselves and stuff like that it was weird shit now again it's terrible that people would do this but what kind of kid would look at that stupid thing and decide to do that i guess it depends on how young they are when they know what the hell's going on yeah it really does make a good case for moving out to the woods and uh just like you know teaching kids how to like kill animals with their bare hands and cook things over the fire the momo lives in the woods dude momo's momo's got no skills nothing like before momo there was slender man yeah what was the slender man slash momo of like 10 years ago or 20 years ago for that Remember like the boogeyman like that was like the generic like scary thing like there was always been... <laughs> <laughs> what was oh. the one with candy man was that one too okay. yeah. yep bloody mary uh, <laughs> bloody mary that was one yeah and we just had real shit like jeffrey dahmer like Hot <laughs> frozen in his fridge that he would eat. We had like real shit. No, Ted Bundy. The original uh Pennywise. That's right. Son mm-hmm. of Sam. Zodiac Killer. I remember yeah, I think Andrea like was 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 Son of Sam. Wait, it wasn't like 77 or something. Yeah, I think it was 77. That was uh, yeah, I think Andrea was saying her like mom was like hanging out in New York City at that time. During the heat wave. Yeah. Did you ever see that Bronx is burning documentary? It was like ESPN did. It was about the Yankees, but it was also about like the Bronx at that time and son of Sam. And they like, was it John Turturro played Billy Martin. Nice. And the guy from rescue me that, that like firefighter show with Dennis Leary, the one uh, firefighter up had Reggie Jackson. Reggie. It was actually like a four part miniseries on ESPN. It was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. We're all over the place already. This is beautiful. So yeah. Uh, before before uh like later that night though, I sent like Momo's watching you. Fuck, you know what? And like if I wasn't so goddamn tired, that would have freaked me out. I wouldn't be able to sleep. And, it, and I had to like Google how to delete pictures from my iMessage. That's awesome because I knew it was gonna be like I'm and I just put it, I'm watching you. <laughs> the fucking like, picture of the Momo. Like it was stupid, but it like pissed me off, but I was laughing at it at the same time. It was so stupid. I knew it would piss you off. I was like, right right before you go to bed. Hey, like that. And because of the little girl that I am, I had to like Google it the next day in the daylight to figure out how to get rid of the picture from the iMessage. <laughs> Cutting off his pictures altogether. Oh, brutal. Awesome. I figured you just shut your phone off. Just chuck it into the fireplace. <laughs> chuck it. His phone's, his phone's done. <laughs> it's got your Momo on it. This phone is clean. I got to get to Andrea. I got to get her to switch your um your background for your phone to the Momo. Yeah. You got to unlock it. You see that face there? Just chuck the phone at the wall. That's all chuck that would happen. You know? This phone's tainted. See, Apple's doing it. They want you to buy more iPhones. So they're just going to infest your phone with Momo. Man, I was just pricing out new uh, new um, MacBooks. Holy crap, dude. You're like, do I want to get a new car or a laptop? I'm like, yeah, I priced one that I guess would be similar to the one I got. I'm like, there's no way I paid like $4,500 for, for the one I got. Did you look at the iMac Pros, what those things go for? No, I didn't even. Five figures, man. Damn. Brutal. Well, on the plus side, at least they're not obsolete in 30 minutes anymore. Dude, the one equalized a little bit. The one I'm recording on right now, this I got this in December of 2014. And knock on wood, it's still running great. That's why I was looking. Mine's 2013. I love my my MacBook. It's freaking awesome. Well, you know what? Talk to Tim Apple. He's tremendous. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that? No. 
Trump had Tim Cook Tim at, like at the uh, at his office at the White House, whoever it was, and he's like, "Yes, Tim Apple." He's he made some comment. That's all. Awesome. Tim Apple. It was one. Uh, his nickname from now, Timmy Apple. Timmy Apple. Yep. Timmy. Timmy Apple. Yes. We're bringing a guy, Timmy Apple, up here. I want to talk to him. That boy, good. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the information. So I think we should just roll into what we do best. It's time for our pray today. So Mario, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, I'll start us off. Uh, after nice, hard days work or trying to work, I like to relax with a nice beer. And uh, today I went for beer. No bourbon this week. Um, I got a Night Swim Porter by Coppertail Brewing Company. Uh, they're a Tampa local. And they brew all their stuff with uh, full hops, full leaf hops, and natural carbonation. Uh, it's a nice chocolatey porter. They're actually saying on the bottle, it go good with uh, barbecue brisket. Um, dark well, like a porter with brisket, but that's... Hmm. It's that's very... Sweet. It's not sweet, but it's like chocolatey. Like Some of the porters are a little sweet. I like this a lot. This is a, a good... Coppertail is a really good brewer down here. Um they make a few. They make a good IPA too. Uh, they're saying dark, luxurious, rich, roasty, hint of chocolate. So, six point two percent. So not too bad. Uh, you got to drink them in twos. That's what I kind of stand by. And, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, they make, uh, like I said, they're 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 expanding down here. This is one of the brewers that's expanding a little bit down here. So they're popping up everywhere. Breweries now, you know. Yeah, it's like there's good breweries almost everywhere now, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then you see the ones that are really good start like just blowing up. They get like a tasting room and a new brewery and, you know, then they get bought by InBev and then they start to suck again. And then it's like, then that start person who started it creates a new brewery and that becomes a new craft brewery. And the cycle keeps repeating. That's right. Cycle of life. That's right. But Looking at you, ballast point <laughs> billion dollars. Yeah, was that, mm. that was like Boston Brewing Company. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were like, they're oh, still they're independent. They're Sam like, Adams is still independent. I know, but but somebody was actually referring to them as they're a microbrew too, aren't they? And I'm like, no, nah, you can't consider them a microbrew now. Yeah, they jumped the shark a long time ago. I, uh, well, enough. Yeah, microbrew were true, but they still consider them a craft brew. And I was I remember listening to an interview with Jim Cook. He said, "At what point are you no longer a craft brew?" And he goes, "Well, no, we're the craft brew line." So craft brew line is wherever the size of Sam Adams is. Right. Yeah. They set the bar is basically his argument. Yeah. Yeah. And they consider themselves an independent brewery too. There's like that little symbol that a lot of the breweries have now. It says like independent craft beer. And that's, they're one of them that has it on there. And I think kind of helped pioneer that. They do. Like Dos Equis, right? <laughs> Just stop yeah. talking right now. <laughs> I saw like that new commercial they have. It's like at a wedding. And the guy's like toasting his his daughter getting married, and all he talks about is the Dosekis and how wonderful it is. And I'm like, who is gonna buy this beer because of this commercial? Like, this is so dumb. Yeah, but what amazes me is like Dosekis, they're the ones that just got big into like ski sponsorship. Who's the one for the US Olympic team? That's uh Dosekis, right? Was it Tecate? Oh, oh was it Pacifico? I think you're right. Pacifico. Yeah. And it's like it's funny, all these like like Mexican beers, like sponsoring skiing now. It's a strange, strange. Dosakis is Killington. That's what I'm thinking. That's right. If you think of it as a, if you're, if you're really exerting yourself and skiing like you should, a Pacifico is a rather nice post-activity beer. It's yeah, I agree. 
it hydrates. Uh, you put a little lime in there, which I usually don't, but uh, you know, it's kind of a refreshing post beer drink. I see it, and especially in the spring skiing. You know, sitting out on the sun deck, yeah, it kind of it kind of adds up for me. I could see that. That could work. Yeah. Maybe it's a Southern Californian in me all those years skiing mammoth, but I, to me, that kind of feels about right. That works. Hey, it works, but it just seems odd when you say it. Like when I first read it, I was like, what? It's just strange, right? I noticed, I was, so we were up at Killington last week and we were at the Umbrella Bar uh, for a little apres, uh, ski drink there. And I noticed like, maybe it's just me becoming older and being more of an asshole, but I know I was judging every single person what they were drinking <laughs> at the bar. I was just every single person I was watching. I'm like, really? You're going to order that? And I'm sitting there. So sip of sunshine. Now, Nick, I know we've kind of mentioned this a bunch of times to you. This beer, like this is the one that Mario and I would quest for. Like we would, yeah. we'd have to go at least an hour drive north of Killington to go find a four pack or two four packs. And now it's everywhere. Everybody's and posting pictures from Killington. Oh, look what they have at the lodge. I'm like, not only is it everywhere, do you know how much a single can costs at Killington? $11. Boom. And oh, oh, at any yeah. point, at any point at that umbrella bar, there was at least 10 cans on the bar. Oh, yeah. I was like, I got to have it. And I was like, and I was one of them because it was delicious and I wanted to have it. I didn't know it was 11 bucks when I ordered it. I went down to the market down the street mm-hmm. four pack was 1399 damn i felt like someone took that can and just gently nice <laughs> gently just kind of just oh no lube just uh just nice and cold keistered it just a little bit of spit and just bah, right up there <laughs> 11 dollars. this beer again it was you could not find it three years ago four years ago yeah and now it's 11 bucks a can and all of us dummies in this wonderful economy that we're in are like oh, we'll take three or four cans for me and my buddies let's have some fireball shots too <laughs> well oh you know you know that's happening too brian always oh, next to me happening that's where my judgment was kind of rolling Drinking in. the sip of sunshine with a fireball shot you gotta chase it of course because you know really? you like those hop flavors yeah people still stick to fireball thinking that's a real drink i'm like this I don't even see how they get away with calling it whiskey. And then I was rolling. I was still in the judgment zone. These guys next to me, there was like four guys. They all look kind of like fat and probably from Boston, you know, or probably the suburbs, probably like, like Peabody. They were like those kind of guys. And, uh, this, they, they weren't in their ski gear, but they were at the umbrella bar for Apre ski. Um, the one guy reeked of pot and ax body spray, like together. (laughs) And I'm just like, I go to Andrea, I'm like, she has like a really sensitive nose and she's like, whoa. I'm like, is there, is there like, would there be any moisture like caused by this combining of aromas? You gotta, like, hold, you gotta hold it back, right? Cause of the ax. I, I had to hold her down. Yeah. Like I just, I just staple her to the chair. Yeah. You know, hold I it mean, back. Ax and weed. I mean, that's really, you know, ladies, the line forms over here. <laughs> Throwing a little fireball. It's a triple threat right there. <laughs> that's the trifecta. <laughs> That's love potion number nine. <laughs> Fireball or maybe a little Bill Cosby in there. You're good. Uh, Triple threat. Yeah. And you know what? The 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 venerable long trail ale, six dollars for a can. Yeah, well, keep it sitting real. there. You could have gotten two of them for a price of a sip of sunshine, and it's just sitting there doing its thing, just being loyal and not not getting all not getting huffy and judgmental. Just chilling. Just chilling. Just being its badass long trail self damn yeah 
So what are you drinking? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to preface that it was Taco Thursday tonight. So I had a couple of margaritas with dinner. So Taco bear with Thursday. me. I, uh, I went through the cabinet and I, uh, I'm trying to kind of clear inventory out before the spring. So I found a lovely bottles of Angel's Envy that only had a little bit left in it. And the little bit was actually a little more than the little bit I thought it was. So nice. it was more of a lot bit. So I'm drinking Angel's Envy Kentucky straight whiskey finished in port wine barrels. Nice. If you're a whiskey fan and you have not tried Angel's Envy yet, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. It's good stuff. It's so good, but it has definitely shot up in price the last couple of years. They've all, they've all gone up. I've all the whiskeys. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Everything went up. I got to say at least like 30%. It's a lot. 25 to 30. Yeah. I, I was going to say this bottle used to be 40 bucks. Now it's like at least 50. Yeah. You know what's behind that? Just global demand or? <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, there's a huge demand in like Indian and uh, Japan for the whiskeys, but. American whiskey specifically, right? And yeah. Very popular. I think, who was it? It was. Maker's uh, Mark was going to change their formula because of that. They were going to, uh, they were going to water it down. They were going to make it different so they could produce more for going to buy it anymore and then they they went back on it but yeah they allegedly didn't change the formula yes how do you know exactly yeah saving lives people come on that's right right. they make the bottle a little bit smaller and they They could have put like 10 percent less wax when they dip it that would have saved money right you know so i have a friend we have a friend uh that used to work for one of the major um toothpaste companies and they used to do shit like hey you know what we're gonna take 0.3 ounces out of this tube and just boom there's our bonuses for the year making millions <laughs> and that's what they would do keep the same price tiny bit tiny bit smaller same box same box size tube size just a little bit smaller it's crazy definitely clark did the same thing with their tissues they get to, every couple of years they just keep chopping down the tissues i'm just i just gonna how many years can you keep doing this <laughs> there's 92 forever. tissues now forever well you know who started this all the potato chip sure, guy. they don't know the potato chip you- guy have you looked <laughs> you open the bag of chips it's like ridiculous it's not even funny anymore it's just so ridiculous they put the same amount of air though right it's true <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and and of course there's the Cadbury egg uh, conspiracy. I'm sure you guys have heard that they're significantly smaller than when we were kids. Oh really? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah they, they, they are way smaller. This is a big deal that Cadbury eggs have shrunken significantly. Wow. Well, that was like the Toblerone. Uh, was it last year? They were going to take out like every other wedge. They were going to take out. People freaked out again. I think they did though. They ended yeah. up taking out the wedges. It looks so stupid now. They did something, yeah, and it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, look at Kit Kats. When you look at a Kit Kat, they actually, <laughs> Mitch Hedberg actually had a great comedy <laughs> bit about that. He's like, he's like, look at the the Kit Kat is like embossed in there. They're like, they're denying you chocolate. He's like, <laughs> it's good for the profit margins of the Kit Kat people. It's not good for me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's happening, man. It's and crazy. then it's over everywhere. Pretty soon, the sip of sunshine can is getting a little smaller, but they're still charging ten bucks. Because God knows the CEO of all these companies needs a seal interior yacht, and those seals aren't going to kill themselves. <laughs> Terrible. This is true. So Nick, what are you partaking in today for us? Well, I actually just poured myself uh, a IPA from Georgetown Brewing here in Seattle. Uh, it's called. Nice. It's one of the most fun beers to say. Uh, Bodhi Zaffa. 
Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva IPA. Um, and so we, because that's kind of hard to say after you've had two or three Bodhisattvas, uh, we just call it Bodhi. So here, you step, you go belly up here in Seattle, you just say <laughs> Bodhi. And Bodhi, Bodhi beer. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little IPA. It's unfiltered. Um, fun fact, a, a six pack of this costs as much as one uh, sunshine at Killington, apparently. Um, <laughs> Quite a deal. So got that advantage. Um, but it, I think it's it's got a little bit of citrus, a little bit like they say, like a uh, mandarin in it. Um, heck of a lot of hops, um, but super nice. It was a, apparently a gold medal winner in nineteen uh, in 2016 at the American Style APA category. So, uh, yeah, like a Bodie Miller. Uh, it's somewhat, well, it's awarded and uh, we, we like it. It's a good staple IPA on on a lot of taps here in Seattle. And I think you guys probably more from a Georgetown Brewing is really famous for their Manny's Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's like, it's like the, I don't know what you call I guess it's the Sam Adams. It's probably what I call the Sam Adams of Seattle. Like it's kind of the upgrade, uh, standard beer you find on tap almost in every bar and restaurant in town. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm looking at the website. Yeah. They really, I like how they, uh, they really break down the ingredients. Mm-hmm. They got the malts, the two row pale, the Munich, the hops, the Chinook, Citra, Mosaic, Columbus, yeast, English ale. Like they really break it down for uh, like uh, beer geeks, as they say. Oh, it's like a recipe. Go ahead and make this at home if you want. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no secrets, right? Yeah. Try it if you can, if you dare. Another great Mitch Hedberg uh, skit where he's like, they say Sprite is made with lemon and lime, but I think there's other ingredients in there. Do you want some more homemade Sprite? Nope. Not to figure <laughs> out what the fuck else is in it. It's true. This is true. Yes. And looking at the website too, they have four types of hops in here. So I guess there's a heck of a lot of hops. Damn, yeah. Hopping it up, man. I used I to I live in Minnesota. I used to go to a beer tasting once a month that we had um, with a bunch of guys in the neighborhood. And a couple of them worked at uh, General Mills and they were food scientists. And th- these guys were impressive. They, they could taste a beer and tell you what type of hop was in that beer. And then tell you all about where that hop was from. It was really kind of fun. Nice. Like, don't you like? I wish that that these kind of jobs, like they knew these existed when we were in like high school and stuff. So we could be like, hey man, if you want to become this, like just you can you can become that. Right. I feel like it didn't even like it wasn't even an option. Like this didn't even like this world didn't exist. Yeah, that no. sounds like a pretty awesome job. It, well, especially in the in the beer world, it didn't exist, right? Until. Yeah, right. Until Pete's Wicked Ale came around. Yeah. There's a glimmer in Jim Cook's eye at that point. I think he was still doing cocaine in a stockbroker office somewhere in New York at the time. I believe it was the uh, Zima effect, circa 1982, <laughs> when things changed. That was the game changer. <laughs> Zima was the inflection point. After everybody had Zima, they said, okay, enough of this shit. We're going to make critical. something better. That make was critical math for everything to, to, to go into beer. It's time we start to care. That's right. (laughs) See what happens when we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) There's too much lighter fluid in this. We need science. We need scientists to help us make this. Can't do this anymore. I see that um, one of the beers Georgetown has is the Johnny Utah. Yeah. That is awesome. (laughs) So I think we have one story here. Is it one or two, actually? Certainly do. We have two. Uh, one is one of our buddies. The other one is a very interesting beer, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do you want to kick it off with that? 
Yeah, sadly, I will kick this off. So if you think you haven't had a really interesting beer in a while, you may want to try um, this. So the article is titled, Apparently Testicle Flavored Beer Exists, and we have questions, um, and a lot of them. Beer, um, craft beer flavors are maybe possibly getting out of hand, and they're saying... um, They've, you know, there's been beers that have come out like Lucky Charms themed and Blockbuster Ale. And now they're saying they have a testicle flavored brew um, uh, made by the Colorado based Wine Coop and Iceland Stege, 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 have uh, created their own balls beer. And they're saying. Now, I think the first thing you have to kind of clarify is that it's not human testicles. Yes. Yes. That's important. That makes so, it, okay. <laughs> it makes it way better. <laughs> it, so they're saying it started out as an April Fool's joke until people started liking it. Um, now it's a limited release, but they're saying it's made with, uh, and it's made with whale testicle, and they've made it in the past with other testicles as well, um, other animal testicles. Wait, it's so, whale? I thought it was was cow. Um, no, they're saying. Oh, really? I thought it was bull testicles, like Rocky Mountain oysters, right? It's it's sugar free, uh, and that, that changes everything. Changes it all. So, gluten free sugar. No, I don't know if it's gluten free. <laughs> um, so, they create it with a whale testicle, but there's also smoked sheep um, excrement in it. Use about fifteen to eighteen pounds of testicle in each batch, so they're not skimping on the balls. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty damn interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. You know what? I I kind of respect the fact that they're they're trying something different. They're being bold. Well, I mean, you also- can make the obvious weed joke in Colorado. You know, if you want to be corny and be like, "Oh, maybe they got so high they decided to make some testicle beer." But you know what? If people are drinking it, they're doing something right. With the Icelandic theme, they're they're going back to some of the you know, items that historically have eaten in the, in the long history they've had. So I guess whale testicle was something that people would eat. I don't, I don't know, man. But isn't that cultural too? Like a lot of Asian cultures, like they want to eat like the penis of some sort of mighty animal to give them strength. Yeah. That's all craziness or the sharks. uh, What's the other thing they think the, the shark fin has a uh, shark fin soup has healing properties. So they, like butcher these sharks and just for the, for the fin. And you want like the rhino horns. Rhino horns and all. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Well, well, don't forget about Rocky Mountain Test. Um, test Rocky Mountain Test. <laughs> <That's, laughs> Rocky, Mountain, Rocky Mountain Oysters. These, these That's are Colorado. Couple, I mean, come on, guys. Bull testicles. So this is part of the diet out there. I mean, it's delicious. <laughs> Any man until you eat some, some balls. <laughs> What was the one one John Candy movie where he ate like the Rocky Mountain oysters and like broke the record? These are great. Yeah, that's the great outdoors, was it? Well, that was, um, that was the the old ninety sixer. Yeah, ninety sixer. <laughs> that was one of the family vacations, wasn't it? No, oh, that was, was it? great outdoors. Dan Aykroyd and oh, great outdoors. But the uh, the Rocky Mountain oyster one. Yeah, the Rocky. Um, that might have been a vacation movie, was it? Mm. I'm forgetting. He held the record. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, you know what? I want to know. If, I want to see if we can get some of this beer. I think we need to to experiment and try it. 
That's where you have a, a nice, you know, outdoor party, serve it. And then at the end of it, you say, look, you know, just want to let everybody know your beer is made with balls. Your beer is made with balls. Yeah. What does it See, pair with? Is there like, you know, is there a certain sort of food you want to have with your, your testicle beer? Maybe raw clams, maybe. <laughs> Oysters. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> That's what you serve with a hot dog eating contest that you have. <laughs> yeah, just wash it down with some ball beer. Oh, that's what they should have. Instead of water, you have that and they, they dip the hot dog in it and it'd be perfect. You'll be really funny if they, at the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, they replace the water with Everclear just to see what happened. <laughs> what you that got, Joey Chestnut? It's right. <laughs> <laughs> what are they waiting for? Are they just waiting for somebody's heart to seize up and die like during that do they broadcast that in like Africa? Like you see people are starving. Like, well, look what these Americans are doing. <laughs> He's so fat. It's funny because he's fat. All right. I found it. It was Chevy Chase and Funny Farm. Funny Farm. Oh my God. Way yeah. off. Oof. Nice find though. Well, I just Googled it. Because it's bothering me. Yeah. I'm glad you, now we know. So we got one other story here, and this is from our buddy Rich at All About Apre. He had in his uh, his newsletter this week, he had a, a list of uh, Spotify playlists that we can link you to that has his 37 All About Apre all-time favorite Apre ski songs. So there's uh, there's some I'm a little unfamiliar with, but then, of course, there's always the classics. Uh, the Joker, Steve Miller Band, Santeria, Sublime. Got some Pink Houses by John Mellencamp. America Girl, Tom Petty. You know, a little something for everybody. Yeah, it's a good mix. It's a really good mix. So we'll have a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. And you should also subscribe to his newsletter. You can go to allaboutapreski.com to find that. So check that out. Let's get into the Genjula. We don't have a bean of the week this week. Frank's no been Frank's been AWOL, but he got back to us, so we, he just gave us a shout out to let him know that he's okay because we were a little bit concerned about him. Hadn't heard from him. Thought he was in deep powder, and we're like worried. Like, I hope he's okay. Well, you hear all these avalanche stories. I know he was out west. You know, you hear right. avalanche stories, you get a little concerned, but a little yeah. tree something like that. Yeah, yeah he uh, he fired up his beacon, and he let us know that he was okay. So so. We're happy to hear you're okay. Look forward to more contributions in the future. Um, but we got a couple stories while we're in here. And the first one is DEA slapped in the face. The American Epilepsy Society accepts marijuana extract, obliterates seizures in epileptic children. And this was announced just this week. And the the AES, the American Epileptic Society, um, you know, they've made the announcement and they said it was the largest ever study showing marijuana is capable of curing seizures. According to the statistics, epilepsy affects one in 26 Americans during their lifetime. And one third is said to have a form of the condition that resists treatment or effective management. However, children and young adults are most vulnerable to this. And in the study, 261 patients were given CBD treatment. So no THC, non-psychoactive. And the results showed that 45% experienced a significant reduction in seizure frequency with 9% seizure-free just in three months of CBD being administered. Wow. And, you know, you read studies like that, and it's great that they can actually 
finally started doing these studies, but it also makes you really question the motivation, the inspiration and the need for a lot of these government agencies that we have. And, you know, the more you get older, the more you read things, the more you kind of dive into these topics, it really does make you question a lot of stuff. And, you know, the fact that the DEA can still go on and yammer on about, you know, marijuana being a, a schedule one drug and has no medical benefits is just lunacy at this point. It's like, it's almost as bad as the flat earth people at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm questioning the DA because I'm like, so they still are, because that ban is on, you can't do a significant amount of research to see if it could. So why would you do that? Like, well, the why DA would you keeps not- fighting the rescheduling of marijuana twice yeah. they've done it in the last four years. Bastards. Yeah. Because again, when, when you have, when your entire incentive and your way of living is motivated by not believing something, you're never going to believe it. Yeah. You know, if you're making 200 grand a year as a, a head of the, or, you know, high up in the DEA, why would you ever risk your, your salary and your family's livelihood on doing the right thing? And that's the that's problem what, we have. Crazy. Yeah. So good for those people who are, you know, keep doing the right research and keep learning and, and giving information to the people about what they found and give them options. And this, the article went on to say like a bunch of people have moved to Colorado for their children. That's what that har- the whole Charlotte's web thing started. You know, yep. they, um, the, the family had, I think they were living, was it New Jersey or New York? And their, um, their little girl was having seizures and they moved her out to Colorado where they're doing some research. She's able to get the, the CBD and, and she was cured of her seizures. Moved their entire family was like, I can't watch my little girl have seizures. Like she was having like six or eight a day. It was crazy. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. There's some documentaries about it. I think, um, was it, not, not, I'm sure it's it was the Union. Well, that's how I saw. That there was, was uh, it was, it wasn't the union. I think it was the, um, the culture high might've had that in there, but yeah, yeah it's also, you know what? It's also a way of, of showing the p- living on the East coast, living in New York and New Jersey, you got to get out. This is, this place will just melt you down and rot your brain and, and just leave you for dead. What As a, someone uh, who lives there, I can tell you that <laughs> for a fact. This is why you got to get out and vote, you know? But uh, yeah, they just had the, uh, didn't the FDA, was it a few months ago, just approved a drug that had CBD in it. So it's kind of like that's counter to the DEA. So it's like now you even have these government you know, agencies fighting each other. All right. Everybody's fighting. Who each do other. you listen to? They're all full of shit. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. They're all full of shit because they all have their own agendas. Oh, yeah. And none of them are for the people to really flourish. That's yeah. never the agenda that they're on. It's always about how do they make more money for their agencies. Speaking of hidden agenda, Elon Musk's federal security clearance is under review now over the use of pot. So we should call it a segment "Stupid Government Agencies." <laughs> Change so the name. Now the Pentagon arms about you know uh, Elon Musk's appearance on Joe Rogan's smoking pot, and uh, the federal security. His uh, they're reviewing his federal security security clearance now. Um, now I heard something, a comment in the media that they were saying, well, you know, it's becoming more important now because, you know, SpaceX is carrying more payloads, uh, spy satellites. They're thinking about carrying people and it's real serious thing. And it's like, uh, 
He took one hit off of a blunt. How does that? The guy fucking lands rockets on a platform in the water. What has NASA ever done like that? They just blow shit up and go, oh, we'll just spend another billion dollars on another one. (laughs) Such bullshit. But yeah, so they're saying um, it's just just stupid. It's It's a witch hunt. So... They're gonna, oh, it's all character defamation, and they're going to use that to try to, you know, short Tesla stock and get the price down so they can buy in at a lower price and make more money for themselves in the future. Yeah. So, you know, the story was a short little blurb and said how much he has in contracts and all this other stuff. But basically, it's a witch hunt. They're, uh, they're just going after him. And I don't know. They didn't go after other people for doing worse. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I love how like Elon Musk just like trashes the SEC, too. He was talking about how like how like worthless and nothing nothing they can do to control him and it's beautiful because you know what at the end of the day he's actually changing the world they're all just a bunch of pencil pushers. Well, at the end of the day, he knows what are they going to do? Shut them down? They can't launch rockets cheaper. Yeah. And no government no government ag- agency can do it. Yeah, let's so, let's see the SEC build an electric car. Yeah, Go ahead. But, let's see him launch uh, launch. Here's all you the know, patents too. Go ahead, knock yourself out. You launch like ten satellites in in one launch, like. Let him let him see you do that. Like if they do like two billion dollars for one satellite launch. It's ridiculous. Where he's like, he's down to like a hundred thousand dollars for a satellite. It's crazy. It's it really is maddening. And it was he did it in California, where it is federal. It's it's legal in California. He could just be like, he could just embargo, be like, fuck you guys. I'm not sending any more SpaceX. How you like that? Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go to China and sell my and you know, right. launch my rockets from there. What do you right. think about that? Right. You know who I am? Bringing all my operations. Say my say. name. <laughs> he should go to some small ass little country and be like, now this country is launching. He's like, I am changing Andorra to Muskland. And Zulu Nation going up strong, bitches. <laughs> if you were to take over a country, Andorra would be a pretty choice spot. That would be awesome. Like nestled the- there in like the, is it the Pyrenees or the Alps? Technically. I think it's the Alps, right? Between like Set France and Spain. Yeah. That's the Pyrenees, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, it's a pretty dope spot. There you go. And again, they have no army. Just take it over pretty quickly. That's right. He just go in there and buy it. Some of those like, robot dogs that they have now, and like bring some of those in. Like, what are they gonna do? They got like one guy like guarding the the, the border. He's like, yeah, yeah man, I'm like, out of here. He's like, what got- you need though? It's, it's like Switzerland. You need like three guys to defend the whole country. Right? <laughs> Seriously, dude, he could buy it in the morning and have like his his rockets land that afternoon unload a whole bunch of people and a bunch of crap that'd be great move everything overnight this is first mars this is the (laughs) entry of first mars (laughs) first mars wasn't bezos calling him out on the colonization of uh mars this week Oh, yeah. was he? Was he like, oh, he like he uh, to go live in uh, on, in Antarctica or something like that? Or, he's like, yeah, yeah there's not enough. Antarctica was Musk like, yeah, there's not enough hot Puerto Rican reporters there, huh? Is there, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, billionaire fight. Boom, billionaire fight. Everybody stand back. Let them fight it out. <laughs> beat it, beat I it respect playing. you, bro. I respect you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like we said, no hair and no eyes, man. No face. Nothing on the face. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Got to anchorman rules. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to ski news. So crazy amount of snow everywhere right now. And we're going to start off with a, a sad story. Another backcountry skier was killed in an avalanche and this one was outside of Telluride in Colorado and they 
have just recovered the body of the missing skier who died in avalanche on Sunday. He was skiing with his dog in the greater base camp area, about 12 miles South of Telluride when the slide occurred, <coughs> excuse me, said the, um, they, the dog was barking and in distress by the man's vehicle Damn. down by the lodge. Oh yeah. That's dark. Uh-huh. And they Man. said, um, the weather delayed the search and they had to uh, send out an air avalanche mitigation. And by the time they got out there with the dogs, it took them till about 2 PM yesterday. So this would have been Wednesday to find him. Um, they said it was just, you know, he was a husband. He was a father. Uh, Damn, that's sad. Yeah. It happened about 10,500 feet in a very small, um, uh, small relative to the path, the large enough to bury, injure, or kill a person. Um, mm. so again, he was with the dog. Though? He was so with the, the dog. So dog didn't get buried. The dog did not, and I guess it, the dog's instinct sent them back to the car, thinking, "Hey, we, you know, we separated. Maybe he'll go back there because that's how we we got here." Um, yeah, it it sucks. And Man. at the bottom of this article, they're saying that there has been 18 avalanche deaths this year in the U S and six in Canada. That's gotta be a record. I think, right? Is that, that's high, right? It seems really high. Um, <clears throat> I mean, last year seemed bad, but this year, I mean, with all the snow and, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next couple stories with the amount of snow that's everywhere and still falling. I mean, it's, it can't be the end of it at this no. point. I mean, when, yeah. was, when I used to frequent mammoths, we used to talk a lot about like when you kind of had those 600 inch seasons, that's when a lot of people would die. I, did, I think it was, I want to say it was 06 when they lost three or f no, it was more than that. It might've been like four or five. I have to go back and check. Employees of the mountain died that year. Wow, holy crap. Really? Yeah, so it was like a couple died, you know, mammoths of volcano. And so they were trying to set up the, 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 you know, the markers of where the, one of the openings was and they were pulling them back after a snowstorm and all the snow they were sitting on collapsed and a couple of the guys fell in and it wasn't the fall that killed them. It was the gas inside, um, inside the crater. Uh, they, you, you only have, I, I guess you have very little time to live, uh, when that's what, when you're inhaling because it's so poisonous. So a couple guys fell in, were killed. Another guy went in to go get them and died. And so then send in um, get you guys with full oxygen to retrieve the bodies. But then also another one of their employees died in an avalanche uh, while backcountry skiing with their friends uh, not long or after or before that. It was like one of the deadliest years for employees they've ever had on that mountain. But it was just I think it was, that was almost a 700 inch season. I believe it was a 600 plus inch season. And they're wow. already they're at 620 on the year now. And it's going to keep coming. Aren't wow. they get due for like another couple feet in the next few days? Yeah, I think I think I just saw it yesterday. Was it that they got another eighteen inches to hit the six twenty mark? Oh my god! Um, but yeah, these these big snow years, man. You've seen all the videos this week of the avalanches out on I seventy in Colorado coming down on the road. Yeah. Hey, Marty, you sent me some of the natural ones just outside of Telluride. Um, man, it's just so I much sliding everywhere. So I found a site has the statistics. They're saying 36 is on the high end. I think 36 is the record from what they're saying. And that was 2008 and 2010. And then 35, 34 has been a few years. They said last year was only two, uh, 24. So. So actually this year is surprised. I mean, you know, there's definitely at least another 
another month of avalanche season. Maybe well, now when the weather gets maybe. a little funky too, right? Well, now it can get really dicey, yeah, because you have that warming and cooling, which can lead to some um, some interesting snow and ice settlements, which can can easily lead to to triggering and and more little sliding going on, sliding, yeah, yeah. layering, yeah. Well, you you know you, we already mentioned you know Colorado, so might as well just keep talking. Yeah, we've seen the videos this week about that those I seventy avalanches those were those were nuts now now those some of them were triggered and some of them were not right from the videos i'm not positive i, I think they did say some were natural and some, but some were ski triggered um, yeah well they were saying the um yeah. the disney slide path above highway 40 they said as an example hasn't run this big since 1957 yeah, yeah. wow um the uh, D4 avalanche out of the Bethel on the east side of the Eisenhower Tunnel crossed all four lanes of I-70 with debris six to 15 feet deep for a 300-foot-long stretch of the road. Damn. And it's crazy because we just drove that four weeks ago. Mm. Almost four weeks to the day when those were hitting. Bam. Yeah. You're just out there just driving your thing, delivering weed, and all of a sudden, bam! <laughs> Wiped out. Not even skiing. Well, the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche Information Center was showing for today, Thursday, that above the tree line, it's at, at uh, a five, which is an extreme, like as high as their scale goes for, for avalanche danger. Above the tree line, five. Near the tree line, five. Below the tree line, five. Damn. Yeah. And this is for Vail and Summit County. So, you know, all those, uh, those mountains along I-70, they're all... You know, I'm sure the conditions are unbelievable, but they're also potentially very dangerous. And be careful, man. It's crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, there's there's no need to leave the inbounds skiing this week in in the next. Like you're getting Seriously. fresh tracks anyway, because nobody can get up there because the roads are snowed in. So if you actually make it to the mountain, oh, God, yeah. and I, I was telling you guys my, my buddy P Rod went earlier this week and I sent you that picture of Oh, it was beautiful. Where it was yeah. he was just at Loveland and uh, it was like was, two runs pretty much, right? Yeah, and there were like no tracks. Just he turned on his beacon inbounds and uh, was doing laps in inbounds. Nobody there. Fresh tracks the whole morning, and then got to work that afternoon in downtown Denver. Oh, nice. Um, but he's a, he actually spends most of his time in the backcountry. He actually brings his dog with him. He's got some amazing videos of him on a selfie stick of him snowboarding down with his dog running behind him. The dog. I've never seen a dog that happy in my life. <laughs> Nice. Uh, he decided to actually drop the 40 bucks or whatever he paid for a weekday ticket on <laughs> for the dog. It's worth actually spending a little bit of money this week to stay inbounds control in avalanche control zone. Yeah. Right. So they also mentioned that um, this was just today that one of those avalanches actually caused a gas leak near copper mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happened about 5am this morning down by the, Conoco gas station and the water treatment plant by Copper Mountain. Um, so they say if the crews got down there from XL Energy pretty quickly and shut off the gas and uh, are still working to resolve the leak. But <laughs> again, that's one of those things you you probably don't think about too much with all the snow is, you know, what else is, what sort of infrastructure is going to be affected by it? Yeah, I wonder, Brian, you, had, you, you were talking about it, but, when, but in Vail, there were so many lift stoppages, powder, power outages, and we were what it? 
two feet over the course of a couple of days. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was cold. It was windy, but I mean, that was, a, they said Breckenridge was out for a whole day. Mm. I mean, that's, and again, it didn't seem like it was that extreme in any way, the conditions that we were dealing with, but again, you know, when you think about a chairlift, it's, it's, it seems so simple, but you know, a lot of stuff has to be working correctly for it to run. So you know, also have to make sure the people that are working on it can get there. Right. So that's the other problem that they have. Cause unfortunately it's too expensive to live for the workers near the resort. So they're living outside of it and they got to get to work too. They don't get there. You ain't doing shit. <laughs> you ain't riding any lift. Yeah. And you know, I, I talked about it in my, uh, my ridiculously wordy blog post about our trip out there is, you know, where do a lot of these folks live who work at these resorts who aren't making a ton of money, you know, maybe you know, lift operators or, you know, mechanics. I, I mean, everything is so stupid expensive in that area. And if, yeah, again, if it's a, you know, if someone's living an hour and a half, an hour away, you know, how do you, you can't get there on a day like the last couple of days because the I-70 has been closed or the, there's been snow, there's been blockages. Who's going to fix that? You know, is, yeah. uh, is Cammy with her, her Uggs and her Bogner jacket going to fix the, uh, the lift <laughs> Not to pick on Cammy or anything. And going, ah, ah, ah. I doubt she's an aerospace engineer. <laughs> you know, There's a, I can't. I'm, I'm gonna have to remember what uh, resort it was, but I read an article about how they were gonna partially fund some dormitory-style housing for their employees so, because they know employee housing is a big problem. I was like, wow, this is a big step forward. Seeing you know a resort instead of investing in high-end condos, investing in you know in in, in their workers and their team, and you kind of get down middle way down the article and you find out it's in like two towns over. <laughs> It's not, it's not even in course. And so same problem, but like, Oh, but we're going to run shuttles. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Okay. What's that like, shuttle's going to get through the 15 feet of snow that just buries the, uh, the roadway that that's how it's going to go. Well, it's like, yeah. Whistler's saying that's like, Oh yeah, but it's going to be in the Yukon territory. We'll just bust them down. <laughs> bust them down. We'll get a pneumatic tube and just fire them through like the bank. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, uh, uh, we were up at magic a couple weeks ago. You know, and it's that's sort of in like central Vermont. And I noticed at Magic, there's like the actually it's a really fun mountain. It's awesome. Small. It's like there's a couple like condo complexes that's that are right there. But when you come off the mountain, there's a big uh almost looks like a hotel, but it says Stratton uh employee dormitory. Hmm. So Stratton's like a half an hour away. But I guess it's too expensive to keep them at Stratton, so they gotta they ship them over there. Yeah that's just ridiculous to me yeah yeah it kind of seems to like uh like kind of misses the point of working for a ski resort is that you you're there and you can pop up and ski during your breaks or you know before your shift starts or that you're in that community where the nightlife is i mean the whole point of a lot of these kids moving out there and doing this is to live the life being dropped in a dormitory 30 miles down or 30 minutes whatever you get down the road <laughs> kind of takes point? away a lot of the appeal I, remember I was riding up the, uh, this was right before I went out to meet you in Colorado, Brian. I was over at Whistler and I was skiing alone and I rode up the gondola with these girls and they're they complaining about their shifts and how their, their manager was like, Hey, the business has got to come first. I need you to step it up and work that sixth day this week. And her response was great. She goes, I'm not here to work. I work, <laughs> I work so I can eat. Like she, she was a, she was an Aussie, you know, Australian. And, and I just thought that was a great point. It's like, these kids don't come here to, they don't come here to make money. They're not here to, 
to, you know, build their, their career. <laughs> building up my 401k working that lift man <laughs> their portfolio they're there to like enjoy their lives and it's, and like you have a manager telling them i need you to work seven days this week because uh, the business comes first <laughs> clearly this person doesn't understand the priorities involved here yeah you don't have housing for me how's the business come first you know <laughs> yeah I'm living in my van, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think Garfinkel's has a uh, 401k matching option for the uh, cocktail waitresses. But in a one-bedroom apartment with like eight people. Nuts. All right, next up, we got uh, skiers rescued from closed Jackson Hole. So apparently, Jackson Hole last week for about three days was uh, the, the backcountry access was closed because heavy snowfall resulted in super high avalanche danger. Um, and the park decided, you know, because it's dangerous, let's close off backcountry access. Well, group of four thought they knew better than everybody else in the entire freaking planet. So they ducked the boundary. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> hello. Probably took some selfies by it and everything, and, and went and decided to uh, duck the rope and go into backcountry by themselves. Uh, and you know, it's poetic justice. So the group became separated, and two of them ended up spending the night in Granite Canyon, requiring to be rescued the next morning. So um, I love the fact that now, um, I believe it is the is it the National Park Service. Or the Grand Teton National Park. Yeah. The Park Service is actually saying they should face some federal charges. And I believe that is a great idea. So they're investigating the violation. They're saying they basically put themselves at risk, required the um required work, you know, people to rescue them, and they put the rescuers at risk when they shouldn't have been even out there, the rangers at risk. So Aren't there some states where if you do that, they charge you for the cost of the rescue? Yeah, but I think this is going beyond that. They're saying they put the rangers at danger, at risk. So not like only were they charge. Yeah. So yeah. like if you get stranded, but you're allowed to be out there, I think that's where they're saying, you know, somebody wants to climb, you know, do some rock climbing, get stranded. I think that was one of the cases. Guy got stranded. They spent a ton of money getting him out. They were like, well, he should be responsible. but it wasn't like a closed thing that he was on. Like it wasn't like the park wasn't closed or country was closed. So I think they're going after him for like endangerment or something like rescue endangerment or something like that. As they should, as they should. I mean, you know what? It's going to take more and more douchebags to do this before they start cracking down on them. And it's, it's, it's dangerous. You know, they're actually looking out for them and here they are thumbing their nose and oh, we're better. We're more rad. You know, when you gotta get rescued the next day, Dick. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's exactly. I think that's, it's, it's, yeah. It's you're putting your life on the line, and you, you can act all bravado over this, but you're then putting all the rescuers' lives on the line, and their right. families are exposed to losing those you know, rescuers. And just think of all the people you could affect because you're a jackass and and decided to go out anyway, even though. They've closed, they closed the area and all that. I mean, that's, it's that's super bizarre. selfish. Yeah. Well, think about how much time they don't have if they ne were needed to rescue somebody. Now they're not available to go rescue somebody that's caught in bounds because something they're happened. following the rules and they can't they're get the rules. rescued. Yeah. Now they got to go outside of what they were planning to do. Logistically, it's a nightmare to say, now we got to reopen operations for an area that we weren't expecting to have to be in, you know? 
I think they should do some sort of like ski or justice. They, they should make them ski Corbett's with like a mono ski. <laughs> well, that that's the whole uh, <laughs> argument that they came up with a few years ago where they should have a check where you have to go in the back country with your gear. Like there's no way to check that, but it's the same premise, you know, like if you had your gear, they wouldn't necessarily have to go rescue you. If you knew what you were doing, they wouldn't have to go in there and, and endanger themselves. Like it would just be safer for everybody. Everybody have a better time, you know? Does a beacon need to cost $300? Like, doesn't seem like a simple. Yes, I believe it does. What is <laughs> having or, stock in the beacon company? All right. I believe it does. All right. BCA over here. Now, like, <laughs> no, seriously, like, I, is that, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably the biggest deterrent for people to, to get a beacon is the price. If you go, well, I could spend 300 bucks on that or pay for half of my icon pass. Like, yeah, why? But- but if you're backcountry skiing regularly and Nick, you probably know better than us, you're probably investing in that because it's worth your life, right? Yep. yep. It's not a cost that you're going to split hairs. Now, if you're recreationally well, now we're a little, doing we're it. We're older and a little smarter. But yeah, isn't but that 22 and you're going, bumming it? Like, are, is that what you're going to take 300 bucks and spend it on? But isn't that also like why? They, I think Brian's right. I, I, I frankly can't understand how anything in that device or assembly it justifies a $300 cost. You think about how complex a cell phone is Yeah, compared to that and what a cell phone can do, like a smartphone. There is just no way that these should be equivalent in costs by any yeah. means. I'm with them, but at the same time, I mean, it's, this is, but it's, but it's a requirement, right? It's a, if you want to do backcountry skiing, you have to have one. I mean, you, you gotta be moron not to have one. And so they can charge it because there's like three or four companies that make these things. Mm. Um, and so I think they can, they can charge pretty much whatever they want. And, and it's probably the industry has kind of set the mark where it is. And there's a ton of profit. The only thing Goddamn me, big beacon. Yeah. The only thing that makes me doubt it though, is I do wonder like, is this like when the military pays a thousand dollars for a hammer, but you can bet your ass that that hammer is perfect and will not fail. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just wondering if it's like one of those things that this is just, we used to, we used to, in one of those, one of the projects I did in grad school, I remember like we did on um, like these valves that were made for like cyanide lines and certain manufacturing facilities, like for computer parts. And there were certain, these little valves, well, they parts in assembly didn't cost so much. They had to be perfect because it was a life or death situation. Yeah. And so, can't just right. Have, yeah. A plumber can buy a valve for, you know, $3 at Home Depot. These aren't that different. But these are $3,000 because they are guaranteed perfect and they are to a spec that was just almost impossible to manufacture to without a ton of care. So I wonder if, I don't know, but I wonder if beacons are like that. I wonder if they just, they won't fail. These things are indestructible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to say. That's, well, that's that, why that, that's got to be, the, that's a great argument, I think, for well, Brian. You know, why, why do the price are. of skis never come down? Oh, they came out with some new technology and, oh, you know what? The part the skis next year, $1,200 again. The exact same thing with just a different paint job. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh, well, we have a a, a different type of core, a new metal on it. They do the same thing with the beacons. We have four radiuses now instead of three. And like, there's all these different features they have. We have an extra little button on here for you to press, like, But yeah, I, I mean, with skis that I can kind of get, you know, they've, there's sort of a, a price point that's been established for something that's like safety feature, you know, like a safety device, like a beacon, like you, you, it seems like there could be a potential for someone to come in and kind of disrupt that industry with like a low price beacon. That'd be great if they did. 
you know. But until that happens, you're a dumbass if you go out there without one. For sure. Same. No, hundred percent. On the ski, uh, uh, on the ski feature improvement argument, that I just you guys just reminded me. I was thinking about this. I tried to find them online and I couldn't because they're sold. I was thinking about what is the worst pair of skis I've ever owned. And this is fun. And I was thinking back to when I was, you know, I was, you know, in high school, I was buying used equipment. I didn't really ski on new equipment again until post college. I skied on used equipment most of those years. And my dad got me a pair of skis for Christmas one year, and they were in really good shape. They probably didn't ski twice. They were Dina Stars. But they had on the tips, so there was like a diamond, or not, I'm sorry, a triangle cut out of the tip of the ski. And then there was like a black rubber plastic box that protruded from that and had air holes. So kind of like speed holes. <laughs> speed holes. Speed holes. <laughs> and the, and that the gimmick the, for that year. It's awesome. They wouldn't, they wouldn't wrap. I, I guess, you know, it was stability, right? They, when you at high speeds for downhill skiing, these air, these speed holes stabilized the ski. <laughs> and th- this was the gimmick at the time. And I skied them for a couple of seasons and they were miserable because if you, you know, you're in the bumps or something, you cross your tips, you're never getting them apart again because these, <laughs> these boxes, oh, no. ski, I'd say like an inch and a half, maybe two inches off the surface of the ski on the oh, tip. That's awesome. You're they just cross- locking them in. Stuck. And it was like, that was the gimmick that year. Like we're going to put air holes in our skis. Got air well, holes. Didn't, um. Didn't Vocal just have those a couple of years ago too, where they had like a little module kind of on like maybe yeah two inches off yes. the tip, the Uvo, yeah. whatever they called it, it's supposed to yeah. yeah like uh, absorb vibration or something, dampering. I think, yeah, yeah. think they're like it's been thirty years. Nobody remembers how stupid this was. Let's bring it back. It's like why don't any skis have spoilers at the back of them? We need I to look, put spoilers on there. They like test it and they show it like being tested. Yeah, that's a wind tunnel. If I was going four hundred miles an hour, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, then it would work. That's not going to work right now. Well, do you see? So I was it. I think it was line the uh, the pescados that have like the fishtail in the back of them. Yes, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Those actually look pretty cool. Again, I don't know if they if they help in any way because I think they're they're like nice big fat skis. Uh, if that helps in the powder at all, but I mean, it looks cool. Also, make it more dangerous. Up. Yeah. Yeah. they might put up an impressive wake you know what i mean i could just see those like, <laughs> yeah spit, right yeah like a jet ski spitting water behind it you got just this, <laughs> this wake coming off the back of those skis that would be pretty sweet that's worth the price of admission right there oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we were kind of like joking around like on like a text ring today about like different sort of like beacon options and i still think the beacon cod piece that could be something <laughs> cod piece you're gonna put that on there it's always gonna be beeping you know, and then the bacon scent emitting from it, so the avalanche dogs could find you. Oh, but is that, you is that what you want avalanche dogs like chomping onto when they do find you? But that's what the cod piece is there for to like be able to protect the goodness. Hey, I think they found a snossage. No, no, it's not a snossage. It's <laughs> chop it down on it pretty hard. <laughs> Just a, I don't know if it'd be some sort of like, you know, those like Glade air fresheners, like, like a bacon, one of those you got to like put into the cod piece. But Dude, that's why I got one you could have with your buddies. Just like put one of those in your app, pray ski. Like what's that smell? Dude, that's why I got to carry a brisket sandwich with me when you go in the back country. That's true. This is, a, that's actually a great argument for bringing Pulled charcuterie pork. with you <laughs> in the back pork. country. That's it. Non yoggers, man. Can't, oh, I, don't, uh-huh. I, don't leave the, I don't leave the, uh, inbounds without it come on i've there been telling go. anybody who will listen to me about our incident in uh colorado with the uh with the rotting sausage <laughs> I, <laughs> just, I was just eating some of that now 
I bought, I, I found a source here in Seattle. I've been buying this stuff like crazy. So, so Mario, we, uh, so we were in Boulder before we went out to, to Vail and we went to this awesome, like coffee shop charcuterie place. And Nick bought these, put the sausage and the lady's like, Oh, this thing is great. Get back to the, the hotel, open it up. And it was, you know, like, it was kind of like a little bit like rotted looking on the outside, like mm. moldy, spoiled. So we just start cutting it and eating it. We're like, oh, is this good? Like, I, is it so good that we don't realize how bad, like, is it so bad? It's actually really good. Like we, we couldn't figure it out. And then what, what did you figure out? Like a day or two later, you looked it up or something and you were like, oh, if we just like shave off the outside and eat it. And that's what you got to do. Just shave off like the mold or whatever. Well, it's, on the it's actually, I peeled off the main, the bulk of it, but yeah, then I went in and shaved up, but like, I, did, I went back and read the packaging, you know, I'm super smart. And, uh, and <laughs> oh, it's it on the package. Packaging clearly says, you know, molds will vary with climate and age. And so the package clearly calls out like that there's going to be mold all over this thing and that you need to peel off the wrapper and then maybe shave it down. But I've bought a couple of them since I got back to Seattle. And the one you saw, Brian, was nothing compared to what we're getting here. These oh, really? Eat green moldy. Wow. Like just and they, and they sit in the sky and they stink. Like you, like that whole process, you cut the ends off, then I cut down the middle and I unwrap this just caked on mold wrapper. And that goes yeah. right in the compost bin. And the compost bin has to go right out because it reeks. Mm. But then you end up with this just amazing salami underneath. Um, I opened, I opened one yesterday. I had a bunch more tonight. It's just delicious. and just melts in your mouth. It's amazing. What's it called again? Ah, crap off the look. I've got it on my phone. I will bring back with the, with the, uh, the name here in a moment, but yes. Yeah. Like that we, uh, we, we just ate the whole thing. If like just kind of cutting little discs at first and we're like, it tastes tingly. I mean, is that good? <laughs> but it's like if a it's manager, I found a picture of it. Yeah, it's all moldy as shit. Well, you know, like when you go to like the um like the steakhouses and they have the dry aged beef, they yeah. cut off all the, the mold on the outside. That it's yep. kind of the same concept. The best part is this place is like it's called the Raclette Corner. Isn't that awesome? Awesome name for a place. And they have the Lanyag or pack of six, and it's like all moldy. I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> You'd be flipping through like what? It's actually supposed to be a really good butcher shop in a, like a town over for me that I may have to check out tomorrow because I got a Jones for some of those so the salamis now. Here we go. It's uh, from Olympia Provisions. All right. And then the one we've been eating is a Nola, um, but they have a couple different types from that company. Nice. Yeah. So the, the Nola is the kind of sausage? Yes, that's the kind of salami that we've or sausage that we've been eating. Um, I haven't tried the other one yet, but... Uh, my local gourmet grocer has it, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna trot him down there and try out the the other one next. Nice, nice. Lion Jaeger tea. How about that? Oof. Huh. Lion Jaeger tea. Just put a little bit of that in the Jaeger tea. So now we've been talking all about beacons and avalanches and stuff, and the stories just keep continuing. And I think Nick, I think you sent this uh, to everyone today. Um, Teton Pass commuters now required to carry avalanche beacons. I had to read this story like three times to, to truly understand it, and I still don't think I do. <laughs> but Teton counties of Idaho and Wyoming are teaming up with the uh, for safety effort, and they're hoping it will calm nervy and irritable commuters bothered by ski-triggered avalanches cascading across Route 22. So there's going to be an avalanche pickup and drop-off locations at the base of the pass on both sides. 
and it's now required stopping point for drivers on deemed considerable avalanche risk days. Mm. But I think, didn't the article say that it's because there's a lot of people that work at the resorts that live outside and are commuting on that road? Yes, I think so. There's something with that, right? It's like... But it's weird. It's if it's a, if you're commuting, like you should... I mean, you're going to be in your car, so it shouldn't be that... I don't... I mean, I guess a skier could trigger an avalanche bad enough to bury your car. But right. then why is the road open in the first place? <laughs> Got to get to work, man. This is the whole problem that we were talking about. They're an hour away, half hour away because they can't afford to live in town. Yeah. But it's weird. I guess you drive, you And their stop. dickhead boss wants them to do the extra sixth or seventh day because the resort comes first. I see you're only wearing five pieces of flair. That's, That's right. the bare minimum. <laughs> the bare minimum. But so do you think the bare minimum is the way to go? <laughs> So you pull up to the pass and you have to get a beacon and you drive through it and then you turn the beacon in. Is that? So that's the right? way I read it. Or, or you have your own, maybe it's like tire chains. You just kind of, kind of open your back window and go, look, they're in the back. You know, I got, I got tire chains. I'm cool. You know oh, they have you know to have them on the dash, right? Did you guys notice the last line at the bottom of this? This is a work of satire. Ah, Nice. unofficial networks gets us again got us again got you again busted i think it's a real thing we're gonna record it i believe it i believe the hype (laughs) that's the second time we've been gotten damn (laughs) what was the one about the about was it uh government employees um, they said that with the government shutdown, they were going to have like the TSA be at like Vail Resort gondolas to like test for people for drugs. <laughs> I had that <laughs> one a few weeks ago. That's and I was awesome. like, this could actually be real, right? And then I'm, you know, after reading like halfway through, I was like, oh, this is fake. Fake this news. Is fake. I get it. Getting closer to April Fool's. So you got to be more careful. I know. More resilient. April, we're just, that's the sort of the state of our nation right now. Every, everything is just so ridiculous that you, you think it could be true. That's right. All right. So then last but not least, we have guy got stuck in the snow and survived on Taco Bell with his dog for five days. Not just Taco Bell, Taco Bell sauce. Taco Bell fire sauce. Yes. Uh, so last week, Oregon had record-breaking storms again. Um, and they're saying, you know, kind of like we heard, there was an entire Amtrak train stranded on uh, snowed over tracks, trapping 182 people. Uh, at the same time, a little bit... Nobody got eaten too, right? Like there was no yes. honor partiness that, that was... <laughs> they said they happened. had prepackaged train food uh, and a teen with a ukulele to keep him from going full donor party. <laughs> uh, but... Um, you know, near there, uh, there was a guy that got stuck in the same snowstorm, suffered a more dangerous fate. Um, he was five days stranded with his dog inside his snowbound car with only Taco Bell hot sauce packets to eat. So they're saying Jeremy Taylor's driving from, uh, driving on a U.S. Forest Service road near Sun River, Oregon, uh, Sunday, February 26th, when he got stuck in the snow. Um he figured he'd sleep in his car, hoping the situation would get better. Uh, when he woke up, the car was buried even worse. <laughs> so, womp, I guess, womp. Womp, womp. so him and his dog hunkered down, and all he had to eat was uh, Taco Bell hot sauce packets. Very now, crazy. I saw on my commute today 
it was on like Good Morning America. They were interviewing this guy. And I love how they're like, it's an exclusive. <laughs> like, like this genius is an exclusive interview. He's doing an interview you know? with any goddamn person that'll listen. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm detecting a bit of I'm I'm questioning this guy's story a little bit. Yeah. I think like he keeps talking about it. he's like, oh yeah, the stuff like they saved my life. Taco Bell sauce saved my life. I think it's he's just Jared. shilling to get some free Taco Bell for life or something. No, another Jared. That's it. Taco uh, Bell But seriously, of all the chain restaurants to kind of create this story behind to get free whatever you're gonna get. I mean, Taco Bell, <laughs> you could upgrade a little bit here. But what if he's a Taco Bell plant? Like, what if like could he's a like Taco a Taco Bell, Bell employee? They're trying to do like a PR thing with him. Like the like the Taco Bell uh, ski-through that we saw that story about. That we <laughs> yeah, that's right, the ski-through. On the mountain, saving lives. <laughs> On the mountain, Taco Bell takeout. And they have the dog, the rescue dog, right? With the Taco Bell instead of the little barrel, the little Taco Bell sauce packets on his. <laughs> Just a barrel of hot fire sauce. <laughs> fire sauce. Little packets like there just hey, hanging out. But isn't it, aren't we seriously at a point where everything is so ridiculous? Like Taco Bell could have just staged this. Could have, could and, have been solely staged. And no one would be surprised at all. But if you think about it, all the condiments that are just randomly hanging out in people's like dashboards, you know, in their glove compartment. I bet you Taco Bell sauces are pr- number one on that list. They've got to be way up You've got to have a little sauce, right? And then you're like, maybe I could use it on something else. I don't know. Well, see now, like, you know, my parents have always been very like, you should never have extra food in your car. You should keep things clean. This is an argument against that. Like you yep. should be, you should always have extra sauce packets in your car. Whatever your, whatever your sauce of choice is. If you like relish, relish would be a good one. Well, now that you have a baby... I'm sure you have a lot of extra food in the car, right? Um, not purposeful food, food that gets like chucked and like yes. thrown under seats, which you're actually find like Cheerios and stuff like that. Goldfish. Right? Those are big ones. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're hiding out in there. So if you get stuck, you eat old goldfish that Benjamin chucked on the floor. Yeah. So really the moral of the story is keep food in your car always. There you go. Cause I mean, it could have gone dark and he could ate the dog. Yeah, or, or the, the dog, dog could have eaten him. him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> These dogs usually aren't like that. It's got to take a lot, unless it's like a really asshole dog. A cat Nick, definitely man, would eat you. If you get caught with Buford in the car, man, he's pretty. He's bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. After five days, uh, you know, you got to... be hungry in like six hours. hungry. <laughs> every animal for themselves after five days. That's right. It's like, come on, man, try the upholstery first. It looks really tasty. <laughs> My last dog was Nikita. I'm pretty sure he would have turned on me after the first 12 hours. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> thing didn't, get past, didn't get thing didn't get past three hours, man. Just started eating my hand. <laughs> he, he, he never forgave me after the time Brian and I threw him in the swimming pool that day. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, he was not happy. He was pissed. <laughs> oh no. He should have enjoyed it. <laughs> so he you guys thought. <laughs> never again. <laughs> again he's like man i'm gonna bite somebody if that happens again that's the look he gave us (laughs) you never tried it again did you no i didn't (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy all right and that wraps up the ski news so now on to our main topic and as we have talked about in our review of Vale and beaver creek nick unfortunately on our second day suffered a bit of a an injury that ended his his ski trip that day and you've been rehabbing now you've been getting back to to where you need to be and 
it's one of those things that everybody fears when you're skiing. Cause yeah, again, it's, it's every day you're out there, you're going to see someone pull down on a sled, someone on crutches, someone getting airlifted hospital. It's just, it's part of the sport. You get hurt. Um, and you know, you always dread it and you always think, yeah, you know, there was an article, I think in either ski, free ski or powder, one of those this year talking about like, what do you do if, as a, as someone who skis and if you, I tie your identity to being a skier, how do you move on from that? And how do you, how do you live with not being able to do that? Granted, what you had right now is not that catastrophic, but you know, it, it definitely sucks. Um, so what have you had to do now? Um, and like, what was your, did you have an official diagnosis? Um, uh, yeah, got that. Um, but fortunately, like you said, not too severe to probably won't need surgery. That's um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Really so good. I have a meniscus injury, but we're not sure whether it's my original meniscus injury or it's a new meniscus injury. I, when I blew my ACL uh, a few years ago, uh, at Mammoth, um, that I was a pretty violent hyperextension injury, um, where I had a lot of bone contusions. I blew my ACL and I tore my meniscus. Um, but when they went in there, uh, of course they replaced the ACL with my hamstring tendon and, but they looked at the, uh, the meniscus and said, we think we can let this go. We think you're better off not repairing this and we'll see how things go. And they did. So I've got that injury. So we're just not sure if this is kind of a flare up of that or, uh, or an, an additional injury. Um, but then I also have really messed up my patella tendon. So that's inflamed in all sorts of fun right now. Um, and then is that from the same injury or is this something that that's new? Uh, I've had some problems, but that's, that's new. The inflammation of patella. Um, what the hell did you guys do out there? (laughs) Yeah. It was a fun bumps. We had a lot of fun. Mobiles. Um, and then, uh, you also, before we got out there, you would just come off a whistler too. I had, I'd been at Whistler for a while and then I'm an old man and I decided to go straight to Colorado and ski a couple of days. And it was deep powder at both locations and skiing hard. And I think, uh, I think I weakened to a point and then just tweaked it. Um, but I, I with, with a lot of PT, I'm going to be back. I'm going to salvage spring skiing, which what it looks like spring skiing is going straight into July this year, fellas. So yeah, I've got Dude, to work yeah. you got time. They're saying a bunch of West coast places are saying at least July 7th now, right? Yep. Yep. Jeez. Some of my fondest memories. So yeah, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to PT. I'm actually back seeing the same physical therapist that, uh, I saw starting following my ACL surgery. So I've, I've been seeing this guy for six and a half years. (laughs) Uh, we've spent a lot of time together. I, you know, was there when he bought his first house. He's now expecting his first kid got married. Like, I feel like this is like a really close friend of mine. (laughs) So now what, um, what sort of therapy are you doing now for this? This has been really different than the ACL recovery. And I can kind of talk a little bit about that. And I think what's interesting, I think the biggest learning I'd, I'd bring up is, I've never stopped doing kind of my therapy to kind of maintain my stability, keep up the strength of all the the stabilizing muscles. Um, But what was interesting is a lot of the training I did for my ACL, the same guy that taught me, like they teach you, especially early on, not to load your knees. And by that, I mean like pushing your knees, like if you're doing a um, squat and you you try to keep your knees back, um, you know, and you kind of look down, if you can, you know, you want to keep your knees over your shoelaces or behind that in the early stages of ACL recovery. And what's funny is not funny, but I, I kind of maintained a lot of these practices through the years. And I've always kind of one of my form on my squats and all that. But 
with this injury, what they're saying, a lot of the causes of it, because I, when I was training for skiing, I wasn't loading, pushing those knees forward, uh, which you do when you ski your skiing technique, as you guys know, you got to be forward on those tips. You got a nice center of gravity, but you want to be pushing forward on your skis. And so your knees, your knees are naturally going to be out there over your toes further ahead. So I think with all the training I do, I'm back. And then I actually get on my skis. And like, like you said, I've been skiing nonstop for a couple of weeks. Then all of a sudden you're really loading your knees in a way that you're not doing in the gym and you're not doing in your training. So, uh, I mean, I'm still kind of in the ice. Him out. Yeah. But it's like, he's pushing me. He's like, every time I think physical there, he's like, he, I get into my position. I think my form's right. And then he pushes me forward. He said, we got to get you loading those knees to build up, you know, th- that, Th- those muscles and to kind of build up your endurance in this, in a ski position, not like a ACL safe training in the gym position. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you should be going. So what you're saying is like, when you're doing like a squat position, you want to be more forward. Yeah. Your knees so pushing not, more forward. I'm, I, I'm not, he, I, we're not doing heavy weight squats or anything at this point. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't recommend anybody listening to go out and start doing, you know, a couple hundred pounds with their knees over there. All of our listeners are blowing out their knees. Thinking <laughs> Brian just said, we got to load up, load up pussies. <laughs> pussies. <Come> got to work it. You're going to hurt yourself out there. You even lift with your knees over your skin. <laughs> Batman doesn't skip leg day, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. High flute and ski bum leg day, bro. <laughs> blowing out everybody's knees. <laughs> thanks brian but when you're doing your like your wall sits uh so like a lot of skiers should be doing wall sits right you really want to you get when you're getting low you're getting into the powder getting into the bumps you want to be kind of have like that low form you want to be able to center your skis knee you know into the pushing into your tips so wall sits are a great exercise but i think a lot of people are doing their wall sits you know at a perfect 90 degrees their knees are you know straight up and yeah. down one, don't even lean on the wall. Kind of like actually one of the cool things they do is have like get a, a, a like a, a, a box that has an incline on it. And then you see you're pointing your toes downhill like it's a 45, maybe it's a 30 degree angle. And then you're put, you're going into your isometrics, you know, wall sit. There's no wall behind you. And you, but you then like I get into my stance and so your feet are angled down and then you get into a 90 degree or 30 degree, whatever you can handle, and then push those knees forward. Like wow. push them out over your toes and then hold that for a minute. Your your legs will be screaming at forty seconds, it's shaking, wow, right? it's shaking, and then you get to a minute, and it, it's really hard to come out of it. I'm not gonna lie, you might, you might want to put like a chair next to you or something. Like just to, push me over. Yeah, um, <laughs> just shit yourself at the gym. Like I gotta go now. Yep. <laughs> but and the other things too is like building up a lot of hip stability, a lot of adductor, abductor, um, just you know, kind of the neglected muscle groups a lot of slider lunges, making sure that you're doing a lot of groin work and all these things that really just kind of keep your body square. And like a lot of people get weaknesses in these, you know, muscles that are maybe less fun to work, especially if you're a guy and you're sensitive about going in and doing a lot of groin work or, you know, that kind of actually, you want to, you want to push the big weight on the leg press and squats. And it actually, that neglects a lot of these stabilizer muscles that, you know, enable you to have not put pressure on your ligaments. Um, and so I think that's a lot of what they've been driving with me. And that's a lot of what they drove with me following the ACL surgery. So you're well. thinking that's a lot of the cause of the injuries, a lot of these stabilizer muscles that you kind of just neglected by trying to keep yourself healthier in essence, yep. right? Yep. That's crazy. No, yeah, I think that's right. yeah. yeah. I think it's funny that they're, they're not the, the most fun exercises. They're not the most glamorous. I think you see people doing some of the stuff I do in the gym. You're like, what the hell is that guy doing? Is he even exercising? <laughs> But the reality is for like, I just, 
it's funny that I was just talking to somebody about getting personal trainers versus physical therapists. And you, you think about what professional athletes have at their disposal for their training and some of the stuff, you know, you see these cool workout videos, like the Kayla Schiffer and workout, you know, things that we saw Brian, we we're out in Colorado on good morning Vale, which I can't good believe. Morning, Vale. I can't believe you haven't played that song on the podcast yet. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. We haven't. But these people have like these therapy, these, these professional, well-educated people who are up on the latest and they introduce these exercises into their workouts. It's just part of their everyday training. And so they're, they're probably doing all these exercises that, yeah, they're not flashy or cool and they're not going to build giant quads for you, but they're going to enable you to have the endurance and prevent injuries and maybe, you know, really have the flexibility to do some of that just superhuman stuff that you see these athletes doing. Like, I mean, ski racing, some of watching some of these folks recover from a bad turn or catching a, you know, an edge, like there's no other human being on earth that can recover, but these athletes can do that because they've built up these muscles to handle under heavy G's and speed to be able to just do gymnastics. Yeah. Your bicep curls don't matter a single bit at that point. You know, like that's the thing. Like getting yoked at the gym, bro. Well, think about like, yeah, all the glamour stuff. And again, you know, I was talking about judging people at the at the bar. It's the same thing at the gym. You're looking at people going like, look at this dipshit, only lifting this much or doing this exercise. But yeah, what you're saying is so important because you know, again, we talked about too. We're getting older. We're you get to a point where you're like, I just want to protect myself from injuries. Like, you know, I don't want to lift as much weight. But how can I do the right sort of exercises that are going? Like I said work on those stabilizer muscles, get to the point where, you know, your, um, lower back, your core, all that stuff is strong enough to assist your legs and to, to make you yeah, have that recovery ability. Like, Hey, you catch an edge or maybe you're going to bail into the trees, but somehow you your, your abs are able to, to pull in and pull you back so you can get yourself stable again. Yep. And that stuff yeah. is so important. And yeah, again, you, you may see, a video of someone, you know, a professional doing, you know, what they're doing and just all the magazines have those workouts, but is that really, is it really the right stuff? Um, and what is the right stuff? Even at the gym, you see people doing isolation exercises, right? So they're working out one specific muscle. But when you talk about something like the knee, like, you know, you're talking about Nick, there's just so many movements that like work out different parts that are combination muscles that you're working out and it's just you can't you simulate it with with just an isolation machine or or one type of lift you know what i mean well any machine for legs is really not ideal yeah, any of those like abductor adductor leg curl hamstring curl like none of those are really good because yeah they isolate a particular muscle and when do you ever do anything with your legs that is so specific to one one movement like that right yeah it is unnatural if you think about it, just working out that one muscle. Like you wouldn't do that in life, right? No. Well, you know what too? Like think about little kids when they play. You know, I've been like, you know, watching Benjamin run around and do stuff. And I'm like, when's the last time you just jumped as an adult? Not on skis or just like, just jumped. You know, like that's some of the stuff. If you just stood around and jumped for like 10 minutes, that would be a way better workout probably for skiing than it would be doing leg presses or doing those hamstring curl machines. Because again, you're moving your body in a way that, that replicates a lot of what you're doing when you're skiing. I mean, seriously, when's the last time you kind of went to the gym and did box jumps? I like, think before the season started, I, I made sure I do those. And how much does your heart feel like it's going to explode? Oh yeah. Like you do 10 to 15 and your heart's no. like, out of your chest well the best is like I, I usually superset them at the end with the leg press machine and 
I do like the, uh, like half the weight, but one leg at a time on the leg press. And then I'll do those. And there's times where I jump and my body goes, Nope. And you get like halfway and just land on your knees. Yeah. And it's scary. You're like, Whoa. Cause again, you've seen some people just taking falls on those things. Oh yeah. I've done it. Yeah. So you really got to like my shins. Oh yeah. And dude, is there anything worse than hurting yourself at the gym before ski season starts? Like I almost, I dropped a, uh, a 25 pound plate on my toe. Like I think it was like two years ago in like October. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, and I, I, luckily it wasn't a direct hit. It was like a side hit. I was like, could you imagine my stupid ass is like, I can't ski because of my toe is like, broken because of doing some stupid exercise at the gym it's like the worst possible fate Mm. yeah toes you don't need them yeah it's true just tape it up rub people around it (laughs) i can't tell you broken toes i remember because my my idiot brother missed his flight out he was coming to california and we're gonna go up to mammoth my phone starts ringing it's like 5 a.m phone starts and it was downstairs i'm running down the stairs break my toe running down the stairs pick up the phone and it's my brother i missed my flight we're gonna be late so my brother not only missed his flight he broke my toe of course i was in my i was in my mid-20s at that point so i skied on it all weekend anyway (laughs) was it a big toe or a little toe uh it was a guy it was not my big toe yeah Um, yeah the big Middle. toe, that's the one where it land, the weight landed on. That's a little that's more a tough problem. That's more severe, yeah. Stabilize on that one. Yeah. That's a bad one, yeah. Was this the same brother who also uh, almost forgot to go to his uh, fencing match in Hungary because he thought it was a different day? Yep, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> his, like, what? junior Olympic, like, fencing match. He's like, oh, it's today. Yeah. <laughs> Kid was an All-American, but <laughs> just... <laughs> He just needed an all-American assistant is really what yeah, he needed. He did. He did. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, I don't know for sure. He's probably just out. It was hungry. He's out drinking his face off. And- <laughs> That's true. The days kind of blur at that point. Blurs. That's funny. So now how are you feeling after doing this for a couple of weeks now of the therapy? Feeling super strong. My endurance. So I was losing strength there for a couple of weeks while I was resting it. Um, Feeling the strength is coming back. Like I'm, I'm really happy with you know, how I'm progressing, but uh, my endurance is shot. I mean, like I go to do some of this isometric work and I'm just embarrassed by how much it wipes me out. Um, so I got to build that back up. Um, get the, is that really, is that, but is that like more of a, of a, like an age and not training as much, or is that more just like a recent thing with this injury? It's definitely recent. Um, okay. I'm, I'm definitely not bouncing back as fast as I used to. Um, and I'm still like, if I get a, if I push it too far, the knee just swells up. Like we were walking out of the gym and going to go grab a bite to eat. And I just went into full, just kind of like lockup mode, started swell and got wobbly and junky. So I'm like, we're going home. I'll make lunch at home. And got home, I just wrapped two clay packs around it and just sat there with my leg up. If you know what those clay packs are, and if anybody's yeah. ever had a knee injury, they are the best invention of all time. Keep them in your freezer and they just, you, they come in fabric with straps and just wrap them around your knee. And they just mold to your knee Damn. and stay cold forever. Like for a half an hour, no problem. Um, wrap my knee up in those. And that makes it better. I tell you, it brings the swelling down. Ice is really all I need for the pain and all that. But uh, they're just after a good workout. It's like, that's all you want is just to wrap your knee up in ice. Damn. Now, I remember we were out in Colorado. You had a little bit of, of, uh, of cannabis to help you with that. Have you done anything like CBD or, or, or weed to alleviate the pain at all? 
I have not, but I've actually been meaning to text you to see if you remember what that was. It was sour strawberry was the particular sour strawberry was the strain. Okay. I I think pain and relaxation. I've got a couple shops in walking distance. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, I may have to stroll over and uh, make that happen because it was very helpful. I must say it it did work. Right. We all felt pretty, pretty good. Think if you show them your knee, they'll be like, I got just what you need for that. (laughs) Sour strawberry. Get the swelling down, relaxation. I got it all for you, bro. Do they have you on anything else? Like any sort of like pain medication or? Nope. That's good. No, yeah, it's not, it's not everyday stuff. Not, not a need. It's really just after the workouts that that's when it really kind of gets me. Um, But very easy to manage with, like I said, ice is fantastic. Well, as long as you're just going to rehab and you don't think you have to do surgery, that's the, that's the key. You don't yeah. Want to that's, I'm supposed to check back in on my orthopedist, but I, I think we're going to avoid it. Good. Um, and like, it's funny. I was not funny, but I was talking to my brothers. Uh, they're both injured right now as well. Uh-huh. Uh, we have, have lousy ligaments in my family, but uh, we were adding them up between my two brothers and I, we've had six knee surgeries. Wow. Yikes. Uh, and if you count one of them was kind of a double surgery, there's actually seven in there. So it's, yeah, bad ligaments. Mm. Or you're all pushing your bodies to the absolute limit, which is... Well, they were both NCAA athletes, as was my sister. I was not. I'm just... I'm a slacker. I have no excuse. Um, <laughs> wow. Hey, maybe it's... You're too busy work. hanging out with me going bowling. That was the problem. <laughs> it's the bowling. It's the bowling. You could have bowling been a bowling it. athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Varsity jacket with the bowling pins on there. Could have been you. Do you think professional bowlers have like like you know physical therapists, strength trainers? Oh, I'm sure. No doubt. Dude, you're <laughs> you making know? money. If you're making a living on it, you definitely are gonna get that kind of help. At what point does your trainer overlook your 50 pounds of gut fat and, <laughs> and train you on? They're like, look, man, I'm keeping the arm in shape. That's all I care about. What it's attached to, I could care less, you know. I wish there was like one dude in bowling who was just like super jacked, you know, like, like, um, toward a pharmacy, you know, like John Cena character, like just one, like super jacked bowling dude. I feel like you might have a follow up to the movie Kingpin with that exact premise. Uh-huh. Oh, that would be brilliant. Just the jacked, the jacked God. Yeah. Some like, God. uh, illegitimate son of like Bill Murray. Yes. <laughs> Just like Stop Jack is Kingpin the return. You like made love to some like uh Bulgarian weightlifter woman. <laughs> and the result is this like Jack bowling dude. <laughs> this thing writes itself, guys. It really does. This is comedy gold here, people. Do this. <laughs> Who wouldn't watch that? If the Fairly Brothers are listening, you, you better pay up if you do this. Or the- podcast.com. Or the bigger Lebowski, <laughs> Jack Bowler, dude. The jet, the huge Lebowski. The yeah, the Lebowski. huge Lebowski. <laughs> the huge, the juice Lebowski. Say, yeah, do they do drug here. test in bowling? Yes, yeah, yeah, what on drugs? Yes, yeah, in bowling. Are you supposed to drink while you're bowling? Like, isn't that part of the uh, <laughs> curriculum there? I mean, what performance could you possibly enhance with drugs and bowling? I don't know. Do like, I feel like they'd be, all be detrimental to bowling. Oh, no. I, I kind of go the other now. <laughs> you start like rolling in another guy's lane. You're like, sorry, bro. 
Sorry, bro, man. I'm just. Oh yeah, they do drug tests. They drug test in the PBA, huh? Oh. Is that what it is? PBA or PBR? PBR, the AMF, <laughs> AMF bowling. <laughs> like bowling used to be a big thing on TV. Oh yeah. PBW. Well, if you are at a place and they forget to switch Sports Center when football comes on at one o'clock, they go to bowling. That's right. ESPN's like at this four-hour pregame show. It's like, are you ready for today's games? We're interviewing this guy. This guy. It's like, I'm now going to bowling. <laughs> Enjoy your afternoon, folks. Best is if you're ever in a bar, and I was in one once where uh, all the TVs were on the ESPN, and then they didn't automatically switch because the way they set them up is they the auto switch over to the games on all the different TVs. Every TV went on to bowling, and people were freaking out, like, "What the fuck is the game, man? I'm missing the game." <laughs> the managers run around with the remotes, like, "I got two thousand bucks on the coin toss." <laughs> <laughs> people losing their shit. I'm missing the anthem, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like how soon do you have to, yeah, they have drug testing. Look at that. Oh, they're saying that most people, the drug of choice with bowling is Coke. <laughs> really? <laughs> not, not, not really surprising there. I gotta, I gotta oh say. Oh my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> There's not, not so much steroids, but a lot of Coke. <laughs> and HGH, they're saying. Stop for, it. For people that have injuries. <laughs> yeah bowling elbow you know that's a, that's a cool. bummer that one bowling elbow Please bowler's bad. groin that's a rough one <laughs> cool. ruin the season let's see there you go it's coke <laughs> i just coked up bowlers <laughs> <laughs> like lebron checking the, the chalk up in the air but it's oh, coke yeah. just <laughs> like my hands are really dry man they're really dry man the rosin bag and then there's the special rosin bag <laughs> was that wasn't that woody harrelson's character no uh was it bill murray's character in kingpin who was all coked up i think he was yeah he was I thought he right. was yeah <laughs> i guess it was yeah or did the movie inspire people to do coke because of his performance? Inspired by the movie, I think. Does art imitate life or does life imitate art? Every co- coked up ex-bowler is saying that. It was <laughs> that movie. Kingpin <laughs> got me got me hooked on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. All right. So Nick, we're very happy to hear that you're you're doing better. It, have they given you a date when you can get back on on skis, or is it kind of a touch and go at this point? Well, I was asked him yesterday during my session, and I was hoping he'd say tomorrow because my whole team at work's going skiing. Like oh. I've been, I've been like seven years of the company. They've never convinced them to do it until now, and then I'm knocked out. You can go uh, tubing. They did it to tubing. mock you, I think. Mock you. You can go tubing or monoskiing. Can you monoski? Monoskiing. Uh, I still don't think I should, but I asked me to no, no, a few more weeks. Um, a few more weeks. Snowblade. Uh, probably safer, right? <laughs> or one of those ski bikes. Those are getting big now. Oh, yeah, they look fun. Dude, do the ski bike. Yeah. I was actually just thinking I wasn't going to go big time. I was just going to go cruise around with some of them and, you know, the groomers and keep it easy, but, uh, and then they're trying to trying to heed the therapist's warning. Did you show up on a ski bike? They're gonna be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> Ready to go, man. Let's go. <laughs> where uh, where are they going? Uh, they're going up to uh, Snow Summit at Snoqualmie. Okay, um, 
it's it's they got a great deal like if they they got a group together it's 15 dollars a person for the day jeez super good deal um you know some it's great learning mountain and most of these people don't ski much so um but any i mean just you can go to any mountain and have fun it's gonna be a nice day it's been cold snow should be fine we haven't gotten a lot of new snow recently but it should still be fun um and it's 15 dollars. hell and a free day off our like the leader of the whole bigger team just said it's free day off no vacation needed just go skiing so it's kind of like, gee, you got to get like, you got to get the, uh, the white water raft, take that up on top of the mountain. Oh, go now you're talking. You know, <laughs> I get far more injured doing that. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's no brakes on those things. <laughs> uh, more people in there. Just go down the mountain. Indiana Jones, that raft right off the backside. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, thank you for your, uh, your your update and um it's, it's good to hear fun. yeah we're glad that you're feeling better and yeah hopefully you'll you get out there in the next couple of weeks but it was uh you know it's it's again it's a it's a good warning for people to you know you just you never know what's going to happen and you all you can do is try to keep your body in the best shape possible to to be prepared for it and to prevent it but you just never know about like the fact that you were always not working out the complete muscle too so it's, it's kind of something to think about when you're working yeah. out yeah, you really got to carefully evaluate your workouts and then do your research and just make sure like, cause I, I really do think people are like, Oh, ski season's coming. I'm just going to crank out a bunch of squats and yeah. you know, do some, some machine extensions and then hit the sauna. And it's kind of, yeah, that's, that's not going to do it. Like you, it requires a really diverse training regimen. You got to kind of make sure you're hitting all the core muscle groups. And Brian mentioned it a little earlier, but, and the core core is so big for skiing. Mm-hmm. Your core is not strong. You're going to end up compensating with your, your quads and your, and your, and your hamstring, your glutes and your big muscles and you're going to get hurt. And so it's making sure you're doing that well-rounded workout. is so important. And do any gyms have the skiers edge things? I've never seen one of you. No, maybe my therapist stupid has, gyms. My therapy, uh, my therapist has one in, in their, in the, uh, in the sports medicine clinic. Have you tried it? No, he's never let me use it. The bastard. Dick. So you got to bring your ski boots, right? And you lock into it. Is that how it works? Uh, this one you could use your shoes on. It's oh, you not, could. Okay. not the fancy one. Um, but yeah, no, I've never like 15 grand or something. Oh, they mad that much. Holy I crap. The, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm totally blowing that out of proportion, but I thought they were like really expensive. Jeez. That's insane. Well, I remember a while back when they came out with the, uh, the skating machine. Yes. Those were like yeah. 15 grand, right? Skating. So. Yeah, I'm trying to find a uh, go to Skiers Edge on eBay. You can find some real garbage on there. Huge the Skiers Edge three for use condition. They take returns though. Are there any like for sale? Like, do you see one? How much was it? Did it say three ninety nine? Four hundred bucks. Oh, four hundred bucks. I Free thought it was some like ridiculously fancy when that was like 15 grand. I could be totally blowing that though. Well, this is a skier edge three and it's used. So I don't know where. So you want the QS five because that one has the boot master that you can put into it. So you could actually use your ski boots. Mm. That's the one you want. And then there's the powder slash mogul master, which is available for most models too. So you can't just price it. You got to, you look at the one you want and then you go on their website and it says build machine. Yeah. There's like all the different kind of attachments you can get for it. Yeah. 
What I really want is like one of those ski treadmills that I saw in a Warren Miller movie once. It's like old time footage or it's like a rotating incline uh, and, and you had the, the old school skier. Was that the guy in Florida or like, was, it, was it, was there a guy in Florida or California that had one of those? He was like a skier, but he was wanted to live by the beach. Yes. Was it that guy? I think you're right. I said, I know I just, for 15 grand, you may as well just get one of those. Seriously. And one of those, uh, <laughs> one of those belts that vibrates. <laughs> I love seeing the videos that I'm like, what the fuck did that do? You're going to fire a cannonball at you too? <laughs> Get your... <laughs> the thing with the, it's always a, a fat dude in there too. <laughs> the belt is going, <laughs> it's zip I'll be shredded in no time. <laughs> shredded. Oh, I was talking to somebody about Jack Lane. Is he still alive? The dude was jacked at like no, he just, he just died last year, I think. Oh, it's been a while, I think. I thought it was like last year too. I think it's one of those things you think it was last year, but it was like twenty, like two thousand nine. Uh, died January two thousand eleven. Fish. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm bad. <laughs> oh shit! He was maybe, maybe I just found out about it last year. Okay, I think he was he 97. Wow, he was one of those little machines. <laughs> Kept him jacked till the day he died. That's right. He was juicing. He was doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, he had the juicer that he was selling on TV. I remember. Yeah, that. the Jack oh, Lane yeah. juicer. I almost forgot about that. And he was addicted to sugar as a child. Damn. How crazy is that? Not about where you start. It's where you end up. That's right. Jack LaLanne. He's like the first like Jack dude. Like, yeah. Nobody right. was jacked before then. <laughs> Not that dude with the vibrating <laughs> catch the bowling ball, man. That was <laughs> I loved his like the like the one piece that he wore with the collar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was <laughs> like a it was like a tight one piece spandex, but had a collar. With a great, yeah, yeah with a deep V neck, deep V, baby. <laughs> He's like, I'm formal. Store, circus store, like where? It's like I'm formal but shredded. <laughs> I'm ready for anything. <laughs> ready for a night on the town, or go and get some more sh- and get shredded some more. That's right. Didn't it have a belt too? Wasn't it a one piece with a belt? <laughs> Did he have a cape? <laughs> <laughs> a vibrating cod piece with a beacon. <laughs> Dude, that would have been such a good look with a cape. Imagine rolling into work wearing like a Jack Lane outfit. God damn. God damn, it looks magical. He looks marvelous. I have no dress code at my office. I might have to try that sometime. <laughs> when you're ready to quit, that's the move. Just the one piece, like a Thor helmet on. Just be like, what, what's he doing? Dude, we should all go skiing and ja- like spring skiing, like Gaper Day, like get some Jack Lane outfits. Uh. <laughs> skiing in those. And get some get some old soup two ten long skis. Yes, great yeah. skis. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> crashing and having to get t- like pulled down on a sled with your Jack Lane outfit on. <laughs> some dude in a leotard just crash oh, on some old no. skis. <laughs> oh man! Oh, you know what? Here's a picture. He's got the belt on. I think the belt was like a uh, when he's going for a, more of a formal look. <laughs> That's a formal look plus a lifting belt, probably, right? No, it's like a little so thin, like a little thin belt. <laughs> oh my god! 
Fucking awesome. Now, now, see, this is going to motivate you to get back for spring skiing. Is the <laughs> idea is. wearing your Jack Lane outfit? Do you, you got to wear the outfit, have the juicer in the morning, do a little juicing? I am sorry, guys, but I can just envision like us at the top of Dave's run, Mammoth's big open bowl, super sunny spring day, flinging corn, spring corn, and Jack Lane outfits, <laughs> big sunglasses on. This is going to uh, be awesome. No I way, saw, dude. Rolling I into Corbett's that. cabin. Getting some waffles in a jack and outfits. What's up, man? <laughs> going on? I saw a dude. Um, you know those Jerry of the day, the Sendovision goggles, like those, like like almost like Star Trek looking glasses. <laughs> Guy was rocking those this weekend. Wow! Oh, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, so I guess that that wraps up the main topic. So Nick, thank you again for all of your um, your information, and you know. Hope continued success in the rehab, and we look forward to seeing you on the slopes in the next couple of weeks. For yeah. sure, man. Awesome. Do you guys need a quick break, or you want to ready to blow out? We finish this bad boy up. Little articles, dude. I can't stop thinking about that fat guy with the. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look it up now. It's awesome. And they have it. They use that video in so many like stupid ads and stuff. Oh yeah. Here's the. Uh, I'm just gonna text you guys that link to the send division goggles in case you need to get them <laughs> they're fantastic but that's just like just the pictures of people wearing them <laughs> those, those are fantastic aren't those great like i feel like you need to be able to see into like the future with those things Sendo vision. <laughs> Mueller, Mueller exercise belt. Oh, there's a video. I get you one of these for 149 bucks. <laughs> Worth it. I love the images. Also on eBay. The Sendo vision. <laughs> wearing, the, wearing the sunglasses with a sweatshirt. Just send it. Yeah. That's, um, that's a dude from... Uh, from uh what the hell is it called valley Valley, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he mentioned jerry the day on like uh some like nighttime tv show and they're like i guess they probably hooked him up after that oh that's awesome yeah the dude with the no shirt and his beard just hanging out the mueller exercise belt oh my god look at them just getting vibrated to nothingness just shaking their organs <laughs> what does that do like it's just it doesn't look like why why would you do it because hey some guys, guy look, told you it's going to help stand next to each other because that doesn't look gay either <laughs> getting vibrated like this <laughs> just take their one guy's like you know what it's about my dick it's going to feel way better <laughs> And attach it for it. Like, screw this. This is way better. Under the ropes. Mario, take us off. So we're going to start under the ropes with a uh, quarantine alert. Uh, there was a Wisconsin man that had been exposed to measles, violated his quarantine to go to the gym, prosecutors say. Because, you know, going to the gym is, is more important. Because you don't skip leg day, as we've discussed earlier. So. Yeah, so Jerry 
Mawaski, 57, and his wife, 58, um, have charges filed against them because they violated a 2018 measles quarantine. So I guess he was ordered to stay inside his home for 21 days due to possible exposure to measles last April, but he managed to escape uh, with help from his wife. They're saying he was, I guess he got, he, got exposed to it because somebody in his family um, had the measles and they said because of that, uh, they, they had a quarantine and make sure he didn't spread it to everybody in the world. And he got a little bit of cabin fever, decided to elude the cops or whoever is watching him and decided to sneak out and go to the gym. So do they really have enough law enforcement. They can actually quarantine and watch people. You know, it's I don't I gotta imagine they weren't watching that. That seems really weird. And now this story also makes me think, is this dude like blowing some guy at the gym? That's why he wants to go. Because this seems I get you want to stay in shape. You're 57 and you're married. Yeah. There's gotta be something going on there. He's getting drugs from one of the dudes at the gym. He's banging one of the dudes in the locker room. Like this just seems a little too simplistic. He said he went there. He eventually admitted to going inside Gold's gym to work out, but said he was only there for a few minutes because he felt guilty and sick to his stomach for deciding to leave his residence and exposing. After he got the crystal meth from the guy in the locker room. Yeah. And the blowjob. Yes. So I think, you know, it should just come out what he was doing there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So it was only for like, what, three weeks? Yeah. Uh, Just bang out some push ups, go in your skier's edge. You know, yeah. get your little vibrating Mueller machine. You're fine. Dude, you probably went out Joey put a Foucault pants to the gym. Is <laughs> Zubaz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, I gotta go to I gotta go to Gold's. I gotta get gotta get my workout in. That's another that's another uh, uh, item that we need to bring out of the ski slope. Zubaz. <laughs> oh, dude, Zubaz. Slapping in the wind as you went down. And, oh, <laughs> be just glorious. What was the other, um, at the same time, there was the gym, the gym brand too. Was it Gold's Gym or? There was a couple different brands, but uh, wasn't Everlast, was it? Oh, the Everlast pants too. Yeah, that was them. Everlast pants, yeah. But the Zubaz, those just, those were just the best. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why, like, those became so popular. Like, how, like. Joey Botafuco. Did he, was that what he was rocking? He used to wear them all the time. And then when that whole thing happened, every time you saw him, like in court, he'd have Zubaz pants. Did he have like a Zubaz suit? <laughs> Your Honor, this is a Zubaz suit. Taylor? It's tailored. We took Joseph A. Bank. They had these on sale. What a deal. Bada bing, bada boom. I got four. <laughs> uh, Arrest awful. me again. I got suits. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, this story just again makes me question. Uh, question is, it's three really weeks. Three weeks. You could not go to the gym. I assure you, I've done getting, it. Getting blowjobs, I think. Ah, something shady was going on in that locker room, and he needed it badly. Yeah. I don't think Mrs. Murrah Whiskey was uh, providing whatever he was getting there. Going to be the whole tell-all book coming out soon. Yeah, fake measles news. <laughs> And we got one more story. And this is tragic or funny, depending on your sense of humor. I'm leaning towards funny. I'm leaning towards funny. This is from that reputable news source, The Sun. 
in England. Billionaire, <laughs> billionaire diamond trader Ehud Arlaniado, 65, dies during penis enlargement surgery that triggered a heart attack at a Paris clinic. Damn. He was a Belgian. <laughs> all men die, but do all men truly live? <laughs> the Belgian Israeli dual national reportedly suffered complications when a substance was injected into his penis. Damn. Um, yeah, apparently he just he suffered a heart attack after the substance was injected. I just picture him looking up and going, My God, look at it. And just <laughs> it's, it's magnificent. It's perfect. <laughs> Finally. So, so big that he, he just had a heart attack and died. <laughs> Mother of God, look at it. <laughs> he apparently was a billionaire uh, who's had some shady, you know, um, shady claims against him in the past. But he was well known as having one of the greatest diamond eyes in the world. So hmm. he yeah, owns I the see. most expensive penthouse in Monaco worth over 30 million pounds, as well as a house in a plush LA suburb of Bel Air. And he loved to drink bottles of Chateau Margaux with models and celebrities. Yeah, he was also facing like claims of like fines and penalties of like $4 billion from Belgian authorities for tax evasion on blood diamonds from Congo and Angola. Oh. It sounds yeah. like he faked his own death. I think so. Or somebody killed him. I think somebody killed him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just seems too obvious and embarrassing. Like why, you know, to go out that way. Dude, yeah. I could see that guy in a Jack Lane suit. Yeah. This guy is just, uh, Got his new penis. He's right, walking around rocking the Jack Lane. He's good to go. <laughs> He's good to go. Because that could be one of the worst ways to die. I think about being a billionaire and being like, my dick's just still not working the way I want it to. You're partying with models. You're drinking fancy wine. You know, like you go, hey, this is what I got. All right, what do you want from me? I'm rich. You just got to go out with smaller women. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my dick looks huge. Just go to like a what was that the uh, the island of Flores? They had those like three foot tall people. He's like with that much money, you could like just take their DNA and like make full size adult women that are three feet tall. <laughs> He's like, well, my penis is huge in this area. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing some stand up comedian talking about that. He was like, uh, he dated this girl and she had like one of those like deformed arms that was like tiny. <laughs> And she's like, her hand was like a baby hand. And she's like, he's like, I love just putting my dick in her hand because it looks so giant. <laughs> That's the kind of girl he's got to find. As a billionaire, like, don't you have like matchmakers that could like get really specific into your needs and wants? Yeah. Girls I would think so. Tiny hands, girls. Just the tiniest. Like go to like a glove store and like just look for like the XXXS. <laughs> gloves like find who's buying them have a nice like a blast email to those people or you know like find out their gps coordinates and track them down that's it get that's what you gotta have a handler it's like hey are you into billionaires (laughs) because i heard a lot of chicks are all right i think the joke kind of writes themselves at this point but if you're dead it sucks we're sorry if you're alive continue on being the badass billionaire you are He's in the island of like small women that he set up. It's true. After faking his death. Smart man. (laughs) 
Well, thank you everyone for listening. And Nick, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always it's always a blast. And we kept it together ish. Sort of. We made it. We made it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have a, a end of the season uh, slosh fest in a couple of weeks. I think. Yeah, that, I, I think don't intend on letting this season come to an end, but we can have a spring ski slosh slush fest. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. And hopefully, yeah. we can figure out a time to to actually go out and ski once your your knee gets a little better this season. I'm holding think, out faith. I think you guys really need to do a spring skiing trip with me because I, I want to show you just how beautiful and epic a spring corn sixty degree day is out on these big mountains. Nice. I am definitely down for that. All right, let's book it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Even just last couple, like we do this, we go to Whistler thinking end of April, we're going to get this great spring, beautiful day. We get to the top, we're going up to the glacier. It's like dumping snow. You can't see anything. Oh, you were sending us pictures that day. I remember. I'm like, <laughs> mother, it's like 80 <laughs> degrees here. And you're like, oh my God, there's so much snow. I can't believe it. Yep. Like, Damn. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. So yeah, we'll try to make that happen. Definitely. I will be back. I will be back. Yes, sir. Well, just not too soon. Make sure you're good to go. But yeah. Keep it together. (laughs) KIT. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. SkiBumPodcast.com. We're on all the socials at SkiBumPodcast. We are on Pinterest. It's Highfalutins. We're on SoundCloud, Highfalutin SkiBum. Send us emails, SkiBumPodcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay falutin. See ya.